Hello everyone, Robbie here, your friendly Simpsons podcast host. I'm pleased to announce my newest novel, War on Halloween, is out July 26th. Here is a brief description. Laurel City doesn't celebrate Halloween, and Mike Dawson wants to change that. New in town, he's going to throw the biggest Halloween party the town has ever seen. But Reverend David Laurel stands in his way. Laurel is a direct descendant of the founder of the town, and Halloween is more than just a celebration of sin. It is a direct attack on control of his city, and he won't surrender it without a fight. Mike and his children are drawn into a feud over the holiday, and Mike won't back down despite pressure from Laurel. And then the killings start. The town is thrown into chaos by brutal murders, and Laurel blames them on the sinful holiday. But Laurel has a secret. Deep in his church lies an ancient book bound in red leather. It contains terrible power written in an inhuman language. Reverend Laura will do anything to stop Halloween, including summoning demons. The question isn't if Laurel City will have a Halloween. The question is if the town will survive it. Always wanted to write a Halloween horror novel, and it is finally here. It's great for fans of Stephen King's It or Stranger Things, and it's up for pre-order on Amazon right now. $3.99 for the ebook and $11.99 for print. I've worked very hard on it. And I'd love for you to check it out. Hi, everybody. This is The Simpsons Show. I'm Robbie with my co-host, Matt. And we are here to talk about The Simpsons from the beginning. Matt, how are you? I am fantastic, Robbie. This episode is uh, good, I think. Um... Uh, it's, just, it's, it's, it's far better than the episodes that surround it we're gonna talk i'm gonna i have a a the, uh, i have a a thesis statement oh okay but we're gonna i have to intro the episode first hi guys we are ready by sports on patreon you can support us by going to patreon.com slash the simpson show for only two dollars a month you can get access to all of our bonus content a bunch of back podcasts uh bonus episodes bunch of stuff uh, help and help keep the lights on help help pay for our hosting all that stuff this week's episode is Millhouse doesn't live here anymore. Episode FABFO7 originally aired February 15th, 2004, written by Julie and David Chambers, directed by Matthew Nastic, received a 5.3 rating, which is about 9.4 million viewers. The couch gag, the couch is replaced with a plot of dirt. A gardener tosses some seeds in the plot of dirt and waters that the Simpsons sprout from the ground. It's it's fine, you know, it's okay. Nothing special, but, you know, I'll take it. No, it works. Yeah. Uh, this episode guest stars Nick Bacay as Salem Saberhagen, which I didn't know Salem had a last name, but Salem is the cat from Sabrina the Teenage Witch. Mm-hmm. And then there's William Daniels as Kit, uh, Dick Tufeld as the Lost in Space robot. All of those people have literally, like, three words each. Well, of course. They just say, ah, help, or they get, they get knocked over. That's all that happens to them. But they're yeah. in the episode. And then finally, Isabel Sanford as herself. Isabel Sanford is most famous for playing Wheezy in The Jeffersons. And in All in the Family prior to The Jeffersons. Right. Um, she has a much more prominent role in this episode, which we will talk about primarily at the end of this episode. Um, so here, before we begin, Matt, my thesis statement on this episode. Okay. This episode has, like many episodes of The Simpsons, there's an A-plot and a B-plot. A-plot feels like it was written by a person who respects the show, 
has a good grasp on all the character voices, uh, knows that most good episodes of The Simpsons have at their core a relationship arc between members of the family, in this case, Bart and Lisa, and make sure that the episode revolves around that. Right. And does it very well, I will say. I, I uh-huh. think the plot is, is, is almost great. You could, I would, like, it borders on great. Uh, unfortunately, the B-plot feels like it was someone who's, who, feels like it was written by someone who got hit in the head with a hammer. Yeah, so, it's Homer being disrespectful and zany, which is fine. I don't like episodes about Homer that are like that, but I accept that they have become part of his character. But I feel like the Marge in that, in the B-plot is just bizarre and completely out of there. It. It does many things wrong. Uh, and my probably my actual complaint is that it kind of disrupts how well the A-plot works. And that's really my main point. It takes time away from what could have been a great episode. That is really my main complaint. The B-plot is bad, but there's been a lot of bad B-plots lately. It's more the fact that it just – it steals away from the potential of this episode. Uh, and certainly Marge's portrayal is a problem. There's many things that happen with Homer in this episode that are problematic uh, as well, which it does not. It makes that that is the, also makes me uh, upset to a certain extent, makes me angry uh, to a certain extent. Um, my but rounding off my thesis statement, Matt, I always said the A plot feels like it's written by people who understand the, the best episodes of the show and are trying to recreate that. The B-plot feels like someone was written by someone who's got hit in the head with a hammer. The problem is it probably was written by the same people. Uh, the, the writer's room made this episode as a whole. I don't know if maybe certain people sectioned off, did one plot, other people sectioned off, did another. I don't know how it worked. I wasn't in the room. However, that's what it feels like. And that it's very – those things, I don't want them to coexist. Okay. That's my thesis. So my thought on that is it sounds like the writers of this episode, the ones who – got the writing credit and probably wrote the bulk of it came in with a really strong a plot and they had an idea for a b plot where homer gets in trouble and has to buy marge expensive gifts and didn't really have the details fleshed out so the writer's room took over and just see pg they pooped all over the episode <laughs> they thought oh we need some more wacky homer you that's can, what we need you could say the word crap matt craptacular you crapped all over it uh, i suppose uh i like the word crap you're not a fan of the crap I'm fine with that. I just, if I'm going to not say, you know, the harsh words, I'm just going to say the the softest words. It it, it increases the knowledge of how scornful I am. Okay, good. That's good to know. So we start the episode with all the kids on the bus. Uh, We're on a way to a field trip. Um, On a way to the TV museum. (laughs) Which, uh, sure. Uh, Those... I guess Springfield—is this—okay, my question, Matt. Is this TV museum in Springfield? It seems like it. It doesn't have to be, but I feel like if it wasn't, they would say something. Okay. It's not Capital City? I don't believe so, Okay. No. I'm just—I just—we get some Capital City scenes later on. I'm just wondering if they're trying to, like, predict that at all with the—and it seems like a TV museum is not a thing that would be in Springfield. I don't know. Given how much Springfield—Springfieldianites care about— tv and nothing else i think it would take the place of 
an actual library or something. Yeah, I know, but they have replicas of all that. It would be expensive, and it feels like a thing that Springfield doesn't have the money for. Whatever. So, kids are on the bus. We're going on the field trip. We have a long segment of Nelson being made fun of for being poor uh, and his life being bad because he can't. Aff- his lunch explodes and he can't eat uh, in his his girly lunchbox, and then he gets kicked off the bus because he literally can't afford the field trip. Um, is I'm going to ask a question, Matt, that I don't know the answer to, and me, I don't know if you do either, but you can at least give me some... Does it... Has... Before... Has there always been jokes about poor people? Is that a thing that it just always... Is been there for a long time, and I just didn't notice until I'm old? I think... I don't know if I would... Okay. So they've always had jokes about people being poor, but it wasn't at their expense. It was more of the jokes about, uh, you know, the Simpsons trying to work through it. It's they were jokes that kind of just the, like Roseanne or Mary with Children had, where it's not like looking down at the people who were poor. These jokes in this particular episode feel like they're uh, punching way, way down, and I think that's the real problem with them because they thought they looked back at previous episodes of them and said, "Okay, we've made jokes about people not having a lot of money before, so we can do the same thing." But they did it from a, a place of superiority. Yeah, it just I don't know. We talked about I don't know last week or the week prior about how often they've gone to the well of Native American jokes at the expense of Native Americans, of tropey stuff, of really lazy gags. And I also mentioned how often they've been going against homeless people, homeless people jokes, lots of them. And this episode, oh boy, if you don't want any of those, that's bad. I got bad news for you. But then they're also yeah. going here with Ed Nelson, and then they kick him off the bus, and then he has like a little scene where he sees himself in the window of a store, and he pictures himself dressed up all fancy-like, and yeah. it's terribly sad. <laughs> It's very sad. I don't know if that's supposed to be a joke, because all it did was make me very sad. I'm sure to somebody, it's like, oh, there's this kid, uh, Nelson, that everyone hates. Let's make him sad. Okay. I, I, I don't know. I have We have a love-hate relationship with Nelson. So, this is all, we're getting, setting the scene. Kids are in the bus. And then we have uh, a kid talk back to Miss Krabappel. And everyone thinks it's Bart at first, but it turns out it's not Bart. It's Millhouse. Now, I know the rest of us are excited about visiting the Museum of Television today. Hey, don't tell us how to feel. Bart Simpson, be quiet. Hey, that wasn't me. That was Millhouse? Millhouse? What happened to my little class coward? What do you care, Mrs. Krabappel? Or should I say, Mrs. Crabapple? <laughs> Crabapple? I never thought of that. It totally works. Oh, how could I have been so blind? So, Millhouse is acting up. And we get a crab apple joke. No, I'm, I'm, I'm for it. I like it. I like the crab apple joke. They might as well, they, you, you're going to pull the trigger on that eventually. They do it now. That's okay. No problem with it. It only took them 15 years. Yeah, but sure. Um, then we cut to the, the B plot. I'm going to sigh. I'm going to give. Uh, it's completely understandable, Robbie. We will all. I'm going to be of a forewarning every time we cut to a B plot that I'm going to sigh. Probably sigh heavily. Homer, Homer, Lenny, and Carl are being embarrassed. They're not embarrassing, Matt. They are being dangerously, uh, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Um, reckless at the nuclear plant. They are like rolling on barrels of nuclear waste. I think one of the they pin Carl with the forklift at, at some point. 
Yeah. And that's, that's not safe behavior, but there's an expector coming, so Burns just sends them to Moe's with some money. And I will also point this out, Matt. I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I, I, I guess I'm, I am this person at this point. This is what this podcast is. I think was it which episode? How long ago was it that we got Homer murdering an inspector? Ooh, uh, that's diatribe of a, that's that's diatribe of a mad housewife, right? Yeah, that's what because he gets fired from the plant because he kills an inspector right, with right, a car falls on him. Yeah, he's he runs he Homer runs his car into the plant, kills an inspector. That is F A B F O five. Okay, this episode is F A B F O seven. So literally two episodes later in the production run, there is an inspector visiting the plant again. Okay, I don't think they thought about it at all. I just noticed. I'm just noting it. So this is the replacement, obviously. Sure. So they run they run him off to most. Now, remember that. Keep check a bookmark. I'll say this episode is very well paced, and it does bounce around between the two plots very well. Like I think Mike, I have my, I have complaints about the structure, but the pacing is not one of them. The episode moves quickly and relatively. Like I hate the B plot, but it makes sense to a certain like it, they don't just like forget about plots. Like everything wraps up very well. Like and everything proceeds logically. Yes, no complaints about that at all. So we cut back to the museum. Milhouse still acting strange. Uh, not like himself. Acting very, like, uh, rebellious. Uh, and we find that he has a secret. Milhouse, why are you acting so crazy? Did your imaginary friend try to kill you again? No. Walter's been cool. <sighs> Bart, I gotta say something, and it's not easy. Well, if it's not easy, don't do it. That's how I got where I am. Then let's just say I don't care what people think of me anymore. You mean up until now you did care? Then why did you wear that tutu to school last week? What about all the times I didn't wear a tutu? Nobody ever brings those up. Now leave me alone. Now leave me alone. I mean, this, like, yeah, they make the joke about Melhouse, but Millhouse has that, um, he has, like, the, the delivery is very good, and it, the writing is, is pretty good in Millhouse in this episode. Like, it makes you, the title makes you think this is going to be, like, very Millhouse-centric. It's not. Millhouse is kind of not that important. Um, he's, he's a plot delivery device, <laughs> basically, to just, he gets Bart upset. That's all it takes. Like, that's all he's there for. He's not really, it's not about Millhouse. Mm -hmm. Um, but they, they got the, the, it's the, it's kind of the Millhouse, some radioactive man. He's kind of that, he has that kind of like, there's some, there's something hidden inside of him. You know, he wants to get it out. He's a little, there's that anger, that, that frustration there. And he does a really good job of delivering it. We cut back to Moe's. There's that sigh again. And a, yeah, a poo, it's so ridiculous. It does nothing to do with anything either. So that's, I think, uh, another complaint about the B-plot, Matt. It has that, like, well, why do we get there this way? Like, this is really, yeah. it doesn't, why? They're at Moe's, they're drinking. And Apu shows up with Manjula on their anniversary. Why? Why? Robbie, if you think I have answers, I could not do it. Why not just have Homer talking to Barney and say, hey, I'm look at this awesome gift I got Marge for our anniversary. And Mo and Barney say, hey, that's not a very good gift. And then Homer goes to drink outside. <laughs> yes. So Apu shows up with Manjula. They're just so nice because it's their anniversary. We have this long... I actually had this... I had a clip for this, and I'm like, wait a second. 
I don't want to listen to this again. It's terrible. Uh, it all ends with Homer going to get, he has, for Marge, he's giving her a, isn't it, what is it? It's like a, a book of matches or something terrible. Oh, it was a uh, charity address labels. Charity address labels. Excuse, thank you, thank you, Matt. Charity address labels. So terrible, obviously. Um, then we get a like, sequence at the museum where Millhouse is going crazy. Uh, where he wrecks. He's he's piloting some statue on a wheelchair and destroys. This is where we get uh, Salem, uh, the lost in space robot, and Kit crashed into by Millhouse. Uh, and Milhouse is just going crazy, and Bart doesn't know what's going on. He's following along because, whatever, he doesn't mind. Bart likes chaos, but he's curious. He's like, what's going on with Milhouse? Why is Milhouse acting so nuts? We also get, sometime during here at the museum, we also get uh, a sh- short little video with with Isabel Sanford introducing things. This mm-hmm. is important later on, sort of. I don't know about, I hesitate to use the word important, but intru- it introduces her. Because it's going to end uh, end the episode uh, terribly. I hate it. Thanks, I hate it. Um, but doesn't matter. Millhouse is going crazy. Cut back again. Back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. A, B. So, Mo has now kicked out Homer in the middle of the day. There's no reason for him to do it. He just does it. Mm-hmm. Is he out of money? Where's Lenny and Carl? They were just there. Uh-huh. No idea. Again, that's why this doesn't make any sense. Okay. Lenny and Carl are not there anymore, and Homer just gets kicked out of the of Moe's. It doesn't matter anyway. Uh, he has also this, remember, knowledge of, oh, I'm going to get, Marge's anniversary is coming up, and I'm going to get her something terrible. So, Homer, at this point, learns about panhandling. Well, I don't want to go home. I'm not done talking to me. Just get out this door, Rummy, and you're the city's problem. If you make it through tonight, you're welcome back. Oh, home sweet home. Now to watch some TV. Oh, you poor soul. You think that rat is a remote. Yeah. Huh? Five bucks? I don't need your charity. I'll dance for my money. I have... Oh, God. Okay. Um, and at this point, Homer... Starts dancing. People are walking by and are drop and start dropping coins in his in his beer mug that he kept. He walked out with a beer, a glass mug, and has has kept it. And now people are giving him money because he's dancing in the street or on the sidewalk. Mm-hmm. And apparently, really good money, more than he could have made it work. I guess. <sighs> okay. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> okay um that okay matt official mm-hmm. uh, i'm gonna we're gonna get into it later on during your and during the second act i'm gonna i'm gonna have it i'm gonna have out have it out but i'm gonna officially say it right here because it's fresh that old lady she's not gonna give any homeless person money she's not gonna be walking on the street old people old rich ladies don't walk down the street that's true. They take cars with drivers, and even when they do walk down the street, they're not giving money to anyone else. That's how why they're rich. They would complain about this 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 homeless man if that's what they think he is. They think Homer. That's true. They would insist that somebody put spikes on the sidewalk so Homer wouldn't be allowed to sit there. 
This episode probably been a lot more enjoyable before I realized how terrible we are to homeless people. But unfortunately, I I am aware of that knowledge now. Uh, so they don't know. They would not. There is not. A, there is not a moment that I think that old lady, uh, which I don't. Have we ever gotten a name for that rich old lady? I don't believe so. Okay, that rich old lady would never give a, a Homer or any other homeless person any amount of money. Uh, and why would she? I'm also like. I, I guess in 2004, people still carried cash more regularly. Yeah. I just... Cash? Huh? Really? Money? Currency? Are mm-hmm. you like? Are you going to like a place that won't have an ATM? Like, or do you... Like some weird <laughs> restaurant that doesn't have... No, no a... Springfield doesn't have credit cards, so that's what we've gone through. Okay, okay, cool. So, uh, Homer's dancing, make some money. That's the story. Introduction of that. Then we cut to Back to the A-Plot. Where we finally discover why Milhouse has been acting so strange during this field trip. Uh, and this is, ends the first act. Bart, there's something I gotta tell you. I'm moving. What? My mom got a job in Capital City. Capital City? You can't move that far. You're my best friend. What's your mom making? I'll match it. It's too late, Bart. My mom's already transferred her 401k. No! Luann, what are you doing? Look, Kirk, I need a fresh start. Well, couldn't you get a fresh start by remarrying your old husband? Kirk, we're going. Fine. But you can't take Millhouse. I have visitation rights. Yes, and you're also supposed to pay child support. Hey, I thought you said my money was no good. I said you're no good. Get in the Carmel house. This isn't over. I'll fight you with every lunch half hour I get. Ooh, speaking of which. It's going to be tough to be peppy today. Tell me about it. So, Millhouse is moving to Capital City. Oh, poor Millhouse. So okay, that's it's okay. That's sad. I get it. Uh, it it it's good. Like that's okay. That's leaves Bart in kind of a sad state. All right, I, that's good. I like. I don't know about. I I don't know why Kirk is so much in this episode. Like I don't need the Kirk in here at all in this instance. Like I I don't find deadbeat dads hilarious, but apparently the Simpsons do. <laughs> Yeah, ever since Millhouse's parents got divorced, Simpsons has really enjoyed like being down on Kurt. I asked somebody had a really bad deadbeat dad of their own and just wants to make the world known about how terrible well, guys like that can he's be. He's pathetic, Matt. So Kirk is is funny because he's pathetic. I I guess. I don't know. That seems to be so. I don't I don't think it, like he can't like pathetic Kirk can be can be funny when they are clever about it the problem is the the joke here is oh his job is he's a sign twirler i'm like okay what's the joke is that like the joke is oh that's a pathetic job i guess the most charitable interpretation i can come up with is that uh that is a uh a very low paying job i mean that's true but the people's gotta okay I guess mm, my woke interpretation of a 
of 2004 Simpsons politics just create laughs. Uh, but we go to commercial, six minutes and 30 seconds in, relatively f- well-paced first act. It gets the plot going. Like, I not not too many complaints yet, Matt. Yet. Yet. Because the problem is, in <laughs> act two, we get a lot more of the B-plot. And uh, so, okay. I'm going to do my best to try and breeze through this without focusing on how bad it is that no 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 no, man no 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 no. we don't do that but i wanna it's too bad i'm gonna be right here i'm gonna slow you down i'm gonna be a speed bump i'm sorry and whatever anyway okay so homer uses the money that he got from panhandling to buy marge some nice flowers however when he gets home he is still completely drunk so marge is so impressed with the idea that homer got her flowers uh that he she passes out and then homer passes out because i guess that's just how it works they had a simultaneous pass out I that it doesn't make any sense. No, of course it doesn't. Okay. Uh, meanwhile, uh, we get an itchy and scratchy uh, that I don't think is that racist, but seems a little racist. No, it's racist, uh, man. I ain't gonna know. We're not. Okay. No, 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 15 season 15 of the simpsons when was the last great season of the simpsons i don't know eight eight is the last great season nine is the last good season and every season since then has been bad (laughs) i'm in and that's me being nice it's been bad and has been full of things like this I ain't going to be charitable about it anymore, all right? I, there's no charity here. This is racist. It, and this ain't no, like, common, like, little bit of, like, oh, it's just some kind of outdated Native American tropey stuff. No, this is full on. Isn't it funny that Asian people eat cats? That's literally what this is. Okay, that's what I thought as well. But I thought, oh, no, there are other itchy and scratchies where scratchy gets eaten. It's It's not that bad, but... He doesn't get eaten in a Chinese restaurant where all the itchies are dressed up like Chinese stereotypes. Yeah. That happens in this episode. Yeah. I like the racism got dialed way up in this season of The Simpsons between Native Americans and Asians. I don't know. Like, oh, yeah. Like, I I feel like I'm losing my mind. Like, this is super racist, guys. It's not even a little bit. This isn't like... Not no amount of charity is gonna help this out. This is a cat getting eaten in a Chinese restaurant by a bunch of Chinese stereotypes, Matt. All right, racist. Oh boy, oh boy, I love it here. See it in my Simpsons episode. It's also lazy, I might add. Not super brilliant comedy. Like this is comedy from like nineteen. 19- this is remember that episode. What's the name of the episode where Krusty becomes a stand-up, like a burnout stand-up? Ooh. Uh... Is that the last temptation of crust? Yes, I think you're right. You remember that episode has the bit where Krusty goes up on stage and does really racist comedy? Yeah, yeah. That is less racist than this. Okay, so my first instinct was correct. Good to know. Good to know. All right, anyway. So uh, Bart is too sad to enjoy this incredible amount of racism. Uh, so he decides that he is going to find a new friend to replace Milhouse. And despite telling Lisa that it is not Ralph, it is Ralph. Uh, yes, uh, Unfortunately, Bart Ralph is, is, Ra- Ralph is too this. cool for Bart. That's the actual answer. That's that's a good point. Ralph is too cool. Everyone loves Ralph. Only a few people like Bart. Uh, so 
that's that's all we get of the A plot for now. Uh, Bart is trying to replace Milhouse and starts off with Ralph. We go back to the B plot where Homer is driving his car down the street and has stopped, and the rich lady shows up to give him more money because he smells worse. She like Homer has his window down, so she just tosses money in. Where is this rich lady? I can smell bad for folding money. Yeah, originally, like, she should stop by, like, after a couple days of me being sad. I haven't showered. Or after, like, a good workout, she might want to, <laughs> hey, rich lady. Exactly. Only, that's not, it does, it's all nonsense. Huh? This is all, like, fantasy. This might as well, like, like, be a Tolkien novel. Like, it does not, does not represent any version of reality. Yeah. yeah. So, Homer <laughs> decides that this is going to be his introduction into the world of panhandling uh so i'll let him do it in his own words hey buddy that's nice sign work your penmanship is clear yet sad hey i know you we met in a police lineup oh yeah yeah you know number two and number four are an item now you don't have to tell me i was number three listen do you have any pointers for a newbie well there are six schools of begging bad musician messed up vet cripple fake cripple religious zealot and crazy guy I think you would do well with Crazy Guy. Coke and Pepsi are the same thing! Wake up, people! Wow, now that is good crazy. Matt, wait, just wait one so, second. Wait, wait, wait. One moment. Yeah. What? I was wondering when we get to that in this episode. Is that the only one? This is the first one, uh, for sure. I hate this so much. I... I mean, it me in season 15, you still have high expectations of this. Season, where I'm just it... like, yep, this is awful. I'm I... I... I don't know, Matt. It, maybe it's just... I think it's largely because it scratches every... It's a very particular uh, pet... Pet peeve. I hate to use the word. I'm not going to use the word pet peeve. That, that's not enough. That's not enough. It's a. It is a, a. It is something that I, in me, I particularly really hate. Maybe because of my upbringing, uh, because of people I have spent a lot of time with, who, uh, and this is what I, I'm gonna have it out right here, Matt. Here's my rant. Here's some anger. Um. I, I I don't know if it loses us. I don't think there's any of these people left listening to us who don't understand what kind of show this is and who we are. But if you're out there, I, I don't care if you don't listen anymore. Um, people who panhandle see people. If you, you're out in the world and you see people panhandling, asking for money uh, for any reason. I mean, I'm not going to tell you you should give them money or if you ha you have to, you, it's a moral imperative or anything like that. However, I'm going to tell I am going to tell you none of those people, all right, maybe most the vast majority of those people would much rather be like have a like a job and a house. Like they're not there cuz they want to be there. Yeah, it feels like this entire episode is premised off the old urban legend that oh yeah there's there's this guy who goes and panhandles all day because he makes more than that and then he, at night he goes home to his his nice house that he earned with all the money he made panhandling and that's just it feels like that's where this came from as an urban legend that's incredibly wrong and is just so offensive. Yeah, like most people who are doing that are like very desperate for money. Like they're they're not doing it because they can make so much money outstanding on a corner somewhere and it, absorbing rain and heat 
and cold and whatever else. Uh, and hate from people, probably, and derision, and uh, probably also um, abuse from authorities, like the police or, or, or someone else. Um, probably all those things. They're not doing it because they really, they get so much money from panhandling. Um, and this entire episode just treats, like, homeless people like they don't, aren't people. Uh, frankly. And, oh boy. Um... It makes me very upset because it treats this like a big funny joke, and it's not a funny joke, it's a terrible problem. And it makes me hate Homer, and Marge even, later, um, somehow. Like, I, it, it's very good at that, it's like feels like it's crafted to make me hate it. So, good job? Yeah, they did a great job with that part, at least. Yeah, tip, hat, hat tip. There you go. Good job, Simpsons. It made me very angry. That's why I'm very torn about this episode, Matt. So, yes. All right. Uh, okay. <laughs> Sorry, I just have to get my brain back into this. Uh, Homer goes to Caution's department store where we have the guy who had a stroke who says yes a whole bunch, who says no, 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 and then sees Homer with a wad of cash and says yes. Yes. Once again. Yeah, precisely. So, uh, that's all we get of that. That's, uh, that, that's the entire joke is just see, that guy is not excited to see Homer because of how he looks, and then he is excited when Homer has money. Now we get to the actual good part of the episode. Uh, Bart flies to see Millhouse. He has to fly because Capital City is so far away, despite people having driven there several times before. Whatever. Doesn't matter. I think it's just a joke to have a stupid plain joke. Uh, Millhouse in Capital City looks like uh, Guy Fieri crossed with uh, Flavor Flav. Uh, he's got, you know, beach, bleach blonde hair, big puffy jacket, giant clock around his neck. Sure, whatever. This is Millhouse's new personality. In fact, Millhouse has a new per, uh, a new friend group to go with his new personality, and it is not a kind one. Millhouse, Bart's here. What up, B? Millhouse, is that you? Yeah, I gave my look some new flavor. Suck it in. Uh, maybe later. What up, M Life? Millhouse, this isn't you. This is my only chance to be cool. Now, please, let me give you a wedgie in front of these guys. No way. Please, I'll be gentle. Oh, fine. Wedgie! <laughs> <laughs> Millhouse, you hit Cap City on him. Springfield baby in a diaper poked his eye with a windshield wiper. Springfield baby, Springfield baby. I'll always love you, Bart. Springfield baby! Springfield baby! So, yes, uh, Milhouse is very rude to Bart and calls him Springfield baby. And at this point, this is really good. Uh, Milhouse has uh, changed uh, from who we knew. And Bart is obviously not having a tough time with this because that is a change. And, and Bart is not good with change, as we have seen in the past. He likes things the way they are. Every time he's had an opportunity to go do something new, he has refused that. Bart, Bart has a rut and he's happy with it. Uh, we see him when he gets home. He is watching old movies of himself and Milhouse and trying to recapture uh, what they had uh, and, and reminiscing about how long they have been friends. Uh, Marge sees this and says, oh, why don't you go help your sister wash the car? It'll get your mind off being sad. And that is fine. Uh, they do the usual brother-sister thing where they tease each other and Lisa sprays him with a hose. But eventually they end up actually having fun washing the car together because it turns out, for the most part, they actually like each other. And uh, then we go back to the B plot. Wait, 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 wait,
15 seconds. That was, that's really nice. Bart and Lisa bonding. Isn't that nice? It is nice. It's nice. It's the kind of thing you don't get in many episodes anymore. No, it was, it's a nice, it's a nice moment. You see them just playing around and like it's, it is a scene that all, all it is doing, all it is doing is just showing Bart and Lisa being like teasing each other, throwing water on each other, having fun. It's something I did with my sister as a little kid. We would go out and play, like, spray each other with hoses and have water fights and hit through water balloons at each other. And it's really sweet and nice. And you get to see them bond. And it is, you see in the scene, they show you it, Matt. They don't tell you it. They show mm-hmm. you Bart. They show you Bart recovering from losing Millhouse and becoming friends with his sister. Mm-hmm. It's so nice. Yes, because when Bart gets sad, he has his sister there. To help him out. It's a nice... It's you know? so... It's so nice. And then... So nice. And then... And then, because we can't have anything nice, uh, we go back to Marge... Or uh, Marge and Homer, where Homer has bought something else for Marge. Homie, I'd like to know what you've been doing after work. Marge, I'm not gonna lie to you. Mm-hmm. I also found this in your drawer. <laughs> All the answers you need are in here. Happy anniversary. <gasps> Are these Diamond Deek? Nope. Diamond Dell? Nope. Cubic Diamond Diem? Nope. Dioxyribodiamondoid? Close, but no cigar. Just plain diamond. Oh my god. Oh my god. <laughs> we finally have something to put in the wall safe. Hostess Twinkies? I heard if you aged them for ten years... They turn to liquor. So, yes, most of this is a joke about the different things that are fake diamonds and then Homer trying to make liquor of Twinkies. And and I actually cut out the part later on where Marge tells the kids to get lost because her and Homer have to do it. And <laughs> that was probably the least offensive part of this whole B-plot. I, yeah, I, I'm at, do, does Marge care about diamonds? Apparently, I think that's my biggest problem. It's obvious that the Simpsons writers hate homeless people. Or <laughs> they don't know that they hate homeless people, but they obviously do. Or at least find them as easy, you know, uh, fodder for humor. But they really get Marge wrong in this episode, and that's what makes me the most mad. Which it probably shouldn't. But I can understand Hollywood writers not understanding the real tragedy behind homelessness. Getting Marge wrong when that is your, your core job, what are you even doing? Uh, like Marge, I get that Marge is supposed to be a baby boomer housewife or a Gen X housewife or whatever she's supposed to be at this point. <laughs> but uh, I don't. Yeah, it doesn't. It doesn't. It, I. It's not. I don't care what generation she is. I don't care if she's a baby boomer Gen X. If she's she's now a millennial. Uh, soon, yeah. We wait long enough, Matt. Marge will be younger than us. It's not too, like she yep. already is. She's already younger than us technically. Um. I've I've officially crossed the threshold because now I'm 35 years old and she's 34 canonically. So, all right, Marge is younger than me. So soon she'll be a a a, a Gen Z. She'll be a Zoomer, right? And then, uh, then she will have grown up on TikTok. Yes, yes, exactly. It's, it's just a matter of time if the show continues. But it doesn't matter to me what generation she is. Like that can change things, you know, functionally, even though they largely still write her like she's a boomer, even though she's a 34-year-old boomer, even in the year of our Lord 2020. Marge 
does not care about diamonds. Hey, Matt. Mm-hmm. Marge does say it with me. Marge, Marge does not, does not ca- care about diamonds. about diamonds. Marge doesn't care about diamonds. Marge cares about spending time with her family. She loves her kids and her loves her husband. Loves doing things for them, providing for them, giving, making them meals, making sure they're safe and comfortable, and in return that they show appreciation for that and show and show care and thought. It's about thought. She likes thought. And if they want to sell that as – if that was what this ended up being, Matt, this ended up being Marge reveals that all I really like is that you thought so much about me. But it ain't it about – It doesn't matter. It's not what happens. It's just, oh, ah, that diamond is real purdy. It's shiny and expensive. So I'm a wife and I like it. And I'll, I – you have given me diamond. I give you sex. That is how relationship work. Yeah. Uh, like the b plot it just it just does not stop it's just, just like oh here i have a club let me hit you in the stomach with it over and over and over again yeah yeah mm-hmm. Yeah. so uh pushing that from our memories uh we get a nice montage of bart and lisa becoming friends that they do a lot of cool stuff together uh, they jump over a gorge when Lisa can't think they do it. They find I love cool I that is such a good little moment, Matt. Yeah, it's so it, it's got Bart trying to tell Lisa, hey, you know, don't don't remember anything about gravity. At least because I know so much about gravity. That's perfect. That's exactly what their characters would say. It's so good, and it, and Lisa like does she she does a bart thing and then bart does a lisa thing it's so good yep so <sighs> they go down to the little tomb the burial ground which i highly doubt that would have just been discovered by now but i guess they still are finding stuff yeah from time right to time but to they, time. they learn some things about native americans and i will give this episode credit they moved the racism from native americans to chinese people and that or they ran out of time they're like well, how can we make this racist to Native Americans? Oh, we ran out of time. We had to be racist to Chinese people instead. That's the only thing I could think of they thought in this episode. So I, luckily... Yeah, I, I mean, it, it doesn't... I don't know. There's still a lot of... I don't necessarily endorse them just like pillaging tombs or whatever, but uh, it's something, you know, and it is... A, it is, a, it is le- like I said, it has that nice parallels of Lisa and Bart bonding with each other by each indulging in the other's predilections or interests it's really it's lovely and and i will even forgive the the very creepy uh scene where bart has spiders in his hair god oh man it gives me the shivers just thinking about it i he does they make a good joke out of it it's a good joke yeah still makes me gives me the the ickies i don't like it (laughs) Like just the thought of spiders in my hair. Ugh. 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 No, thank you. I saw arachnophobia at much too young an age. Yeah. So, uh, we then cut to the one part of this episode that has stuck with my brain more than any other is Homer singing Mr. Bojangles. I don't even know if that's a real song. I have to assume it is, but Homer's version has stuck in my brain ever since I saw this episode, like almost two decades ago. I still it, sing it to myself it, it over is a, and over again. It is definitely, it is absolutely a real song. Man. It's a very, okay. it's a, it is a song. It's a, it is an American country song. Okay. Well, that makes sense then. So 
we didn't see the homeless person that we were introduced to in the first act when Homer first started panhandling decide that Homer is is doing too well and he's taking money away from them, so he's got to go. And they start to plan, uh, start to to plan how to get rid of Homer, and then he asks the woman next to him, "Oh my god, does she want to make out?" And I just, ugh. it's so awful. It's so pathetically sad, and it it's like they want us to laugh at that. It's really, like, literally, this is not hyperbole. Like, I've, yes, I've screamed already on microphone in this episode. This is not hyperbole. Literally, this scene, the joke, is that lady is lonely, and so she's gonna make out with some guy that she doesn't really even care for. And, wow. Really? This is where we're at? This is what we're doing? That is what, this is where we're just, we're, this is like, this is beyond parody. Like, if someone told me to write the worst Simpsons episodes I could, I wouldn't even go this far. It's baffling. It's just insane. Homeless people are people. I don't, who boy. And then they're, and they're, they're like, conspiring to stop Homer? Yes, because he's taking all the panhandling money. That's sweet, sweet panhandling money. <laughs> what on earth is happening? They're conspiring to stop. How many? Really? <laughs> what on earth? It's ridiculous. Uh, I'm, I'm laughing so I don't scream. Basically, yes. <laughs> so, uh, at this point, we also get, we go back to Bart and Lisa and we get, uh, a just a sequence of them being good friends and thank god we had the act on that the mound builders worshipped turtles as well as badgers snakes and other animals thank god we've come to our senses and worship a carpenter who lived two thousand years ago hi Janie. branford marsalis's car broke down outside your house and he's just jamming till winton shows up <gasps> oh um some other time, maybe. Today, I'm just hanging out at home. Hey, Bart, I borrowed my uncle's pellet gun. Wanna go shoot up who? Oh, that does sound fun. But not today. I think I'm just gonna hang out at home. Oh my god, my brother's my best friend! Oh my god, my sister's my best friend! Diamonds! I still can't believe he gave me diamonds! Mirror, mirror on the wall, who's the baldest of them all? And that is how we go to a commercial, mercifully. <laughs> I, The Bart and Lisa stuff, Matt, is good. Great, yeah. even. Like, both, again, really good. Bart and Lisa both turning down opportunities to hang out with other people because they enjoy each other's company so much. It's so lovely. But, oh, okay. We come back from commercial. 16 minutes and 14 seconds. Incredibly, that's a 10-minute long second act. And I don't really have a problem with most of it that isn't the B-plot. All the A-plot stuff I would keep in. The B-plot takes up so much time and it is all worthless. So we come back, and so the th this third act has to has to move quickly because they have to have everything happen right now. They just have run out of time. 
So we come back, and the first thing is, no one thinks Bart and Lisa will stay friends. One time, I swung all the way around. You did not. I know a guy who did. Who? You don't know him. He lives in Russia. I can't believe they're hanging out. <laughs> maybe she'll be a good influence on him. Or maybe he'll corrupt her. It won't last. Brothers and sisters are natural enemies. Like Englishmen and Scots. Or Welshmen and Scots. Or Japanese and Scots. Or Scots and other Scots. Damn Scots. They ruined Scotland. You Scots sure are a contentious people. You just made an enemy for life. <laughs> I forgot that this was, that was in this episode. That the the the, the Willy bit. I had totally forgot yeah. about it. Very good. I love it. <laughs> Damn Scots ruined Scotland. Um so everyone's starting to doubt Bart and Lisa's friendship. They're like, eh, they're gonna rip each other apart. They can't they can't keep it up. So we then cut to the B plot. Which is now over. Thank this is. I mean, it's not over because we have. To, I have a clip, and we're going to listen to it and punish ourselves. But this is the last of the B plot, in which Marge has discovered that Homer is panhandling because one of the other homeless people told him, told her. Excuse me. Listen, Mister Hobo, you may not have laundry to wash, but I do. Now, what do you want to show me? There's your husband, A.K.A. Mussolini, Julie McGee. Corporal flashback, etc., etc. Homer, ah! you're panhandling. I should have known from that panhandling sign. Plus that ticket you got for panhandling. But Marge, it was all for you to buy all the nice things you deserve: the flowers, the earrings, the Bob Seger box set, which really only needed to be one disc. But the box was nice. Homer, I don't need fancy things. And even if I did, this is the wrong way to get them. And to remind you of what you've done, I'm going to keep these earrings and wear them at social occasions. I don't understand. Well, then maybe you need to buy me a brooch. And that's how it ends. The B-plot. Yes. And maybe <laughs> you need to buy me a brooch. This is my other... I wrote this twice in our notes. I hate this so much. This is my other I hate this so much. The last one was when I screamed. Uh, this uh -huh. is... I Also, I hate this so much. Um... Who is this person, Matt? I don't recognize this lady. Who is this lady? Uh, neither do I. No idea. Some crazy lady showed up and claims to be married to Homer now. Why do they have this lady in my show? My show, The Simpsons. Why did they put this lady in here? This isn't Marge Simpson. This no. this is some other lady who likes diamond earrings and brooches and knows. And now, Matt, here, she now knows that Homer, who is technically gainfully employed i don't know we don't even touch on the fact that he works at the power plant does he not have a job anymore like nah. are we do we even care about the barest function of reality this episode literally starts with burns to say yeah go to Moe's for the day because there's an inspector coming well what did he never go back to the plant like are we not even bothering anymore i guess not but because and now she knows i'm back off that that was my, as I did, an anger tangent. That was an agent. And now I'm back for my main, my main anger. She now knows that Homer has gotten this money through paying and handling. Something he doesn't need to do to get money. And her suggestion is, oh, you need to stop paying handling, but also you need to buy me a brooch with that money. And I'm going to keep the earrings you bought with this money. Mm, teach you a lesson. In a, here, 
in a, a in an episode that was written by humans that understand what television is and how people enjoy it this would again and this is the other i'm going to i'm going to counterpoint it here Matt cuz you could some you could redeem this cuz normally normally you would have this be a downbeat at the end of the second act where marge so upset that homer this is how homer got the money she rips out her earrings and throws them at him and says, I don't want earrings that you got through this dirty money. You don't need to panhandle. These poor people have it way worse than you, etc., etc. And still, some of this episode probably would still be wrongheaded, but at least Marge would still be Marge. But instead, it just ends this way where Marge... Just keeps earrings. She knows Homer got the money through panhandling in this also this alternate reality world where someone can afford diamond earrings by panhandling. <sighs> but it's done, Matt. Thank goodness that's gone. It's over. So we go back to the A plot. But it's at warp speed. Cause God forbid we take away too much time from Homer's it well. Take away too much time from the show insulting homeless people and making fun of them and uh, being lazy about it on, on top of everything. We can't have any time away from that. We have to go fly through warp speed at this lovely, beautiful Bart and Lisa plot. So, we cut back to the A-plot and we discover that Millhouse has returned to Springfield. Bart, I cracked the code of the pictograph. It says there's a curse on the mound. Of course, I don't believe it. Ah! Hi, Lisa. I brought you the Cap City version of Monopoly. Baltic Avenue is now Wayne Street. It's awesome. Millhouse, I thought your mom took you away forever. I got a court order bringing him back. The judge said I was the most pathetic person he'd ever seen in court. Pity custody. Booyah! Ha ha ha. Ripple man, I'm here to take your pants. Not in front of my son. Please! You're somebody's father? Yes, okay? Oh, boy. Well, I'm glad to be back. Those Cap City kids don't think I'm cool anymore. We were having a sleepover and a robber came and wet my bed. Then he folded the bed back into the couch and disappeared into the night. I knew you'd blow it. Now, let me show you that mound. You told him our secret? Hey, he's my best friend. Oh, I see how it is. Great, then we're all cool. Indeed, we're all cool. See, now this would be... This is a, a, a good scene. Because it introduces conflict and something that tests Bart and Lisa's friendship. Oh, the old best friend has returned. Now Bart has to make a decision. And obviously the first decision he makes is the bad one. But because this episode had to spend 10 minutes on the B-plot... Homer's panhandling B-plot. This, we don't get any moments of Bart, you know, having a moment of doubt. Norm, like, that's, you know, you would think, okay, Milhouse returns, and Bart is, and Milhouse goes, hey, you want to go do this thing? And Bart has a moment of doubt, maybe? But then goes, no, he's my best friend, he's back. I'm going to go with, I choose Milhouse. And then we get the scene where Lisa's upset, end of second act. Go to, cut the third act, where we resolve the conflicts. But instead, this happens 19 minutes into the episode. Mm -hmm. So it's like, okay, that's a good scene. And it, like, I really sets up this conflict about Lisa and Bart. And Lisa, Lisa feeling bad about it. 
feeling left out and like like her best friend has now rejected her. Great, but why is this happening now? Why is it happening 19 minutes in an episode? You have three minutes to go. So it's all rush, 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 rush. So Lisa feels left out. We cut to um, them watching television. Bart, Lisa, Homer. And Lisa is upset, and Homer explains to Bart why. Since he's been back, Milhouse has had three bloody noses and stepped in dog dew. <laughs> it's always a party with that guy. Well, it's nice you have your best friend back. You should hang with us sometime, Lise. Mm-hmm. I think I'll go to bed now. What's wrong? Nothing. <laughs> Boy, are you in trouble. What are you talking about? When a woman says nothing's wrong, that means everything's wrong. And when a woman says everything's wrong, that means everything's wrong. And when a woman says something's not funny, you'd better not laugh your ass off. Okay, for, before we get to the really lazy people saying things are fine, women mm-hmm. saying things are fine, the joke, um, which is like 1984 sitcom humor. Um, I like that. Whatever. You know, it's not good, but it's whatever. Uh, Matt, what has Homer been doing this entire episode? Lying to his wife. Lying to his wife about panhandling in his spare time. Or in his all time, I guess. I don't know. I don't know if he has a job anymore. Um, he's That's what he's been doing this entire episode. Lying to his wife. I don't, like, am this, again, I, I, think, I feel like a broken record. I say this all the time. This is not hard. This is not a complicated writing problem. Believe me, this is simple. If you have this, like, Homer in this scene is the authority figure, right? He's explaining to Bart, hey, he's, and Bart's young. Like, theoretically, sure, it's fine. The structure is fine. He's explaining to Bart, hey, son, you're young. You don't understand yet. You gotta win. You could easily just make it less bad by just not making it gender specific but whatever we, we can't that takes work i guess to write things that take thought um you just homer's explaining hey your son you're you're you're, you're my son you're young you need here this is what is actually wrong you need to go fix this and that's fine simpsons have done that a bunch of times and homer generally in these scenes has a little misguided advice or gets metaphor mis- mixes some metaphors up or whatever but in the end of the day he is right cuz he's done the same thing with march he understands i yet you got to go fix it fix this problem but your authority figure has to have authority he has to have knowledge demonstrable knowledge about interpersonal relationships why on earth would I trust Homer? I've just watched him lie to his wife for 10 minutes. Am I taking crazy pills? What is happening? No, they just decided that, oh, uh, basically, Lisa is obviously mad. Bart doesn't understand it. So we need someone to explain it to Bart. So we have the only male authority figure in the house who has spent the entire time lying to his wife about uh, tell, tell Bart about the importance of honesty. I Okay. Yeah, so it's uh, uh, like they're like at the, the they're like at the ten yard line, Matt, with the football. No one's around, and they just trip and fall and fumble mm-hmm. out of the end zone. Uh, there's okay. So we get the last scene of the episode. I guess second to last scene, technically, but I I have a name. I had the whole clip together uh, just to give everyone context. So uh, Bart is sitting, and we just cut to this from that scene with Homer. We cut to Bart playing the Monopoly, the Capital City Monopoly that we just saw in, the, in that scene prior. And Lisa's kind of still distant and upset and hurt. 
and Bart apologizes to her in a very lovely way, and then a crazy thing happens that ends this episode. You want to play Cap City Monopoly? Look, just because Millhouse is gone doesn't mean you have to pretend to be my friend. Oh, come on. I'll roll the dice for you. Three, four, five. Chance. Pick up a card. Bark will make your bed for a week. What? Really? Yep. Pick up another one. But it's not my turn. I'm trying to do something nice, you dink. Pick up a card. Bart will defend you when other kids call you a nerd. No one calls me a nerd. Trust me, that is a valuable card. Pick up another. Bart will give back the Malibu Stacy head you thought was lost. Oh, Bart, that's really sweet. Just because I have Millhouse back doesn't mean I haven't learned a few things about being a brother. I think I'm going to use this card right now. Oh, do I have to? Mm-hmm. <sighs> All right. This is what sitcoms call a schmaltzy ending. A sentimental capper to leave the audience feeling good. Usually followed by a little coda to cut the treacle. Granny, I'm gonna shoot me some Viet Cong. Yeah, well, I ain't cooking them. <laughs> and George Jefferson, wherever you are, we love you and want you to come home. Help me. I I can't help you, Robbie. I just they had a great ending and then they decided to screw it. I, I like everything that everything that Isabel Sanford says in that is like factually correct about endings of shows and frankly about a lot of Simpsons endings, even in the golden years. It's very much like here, here's a very lovely, sweet thing. And then a coda that kind of, you know, keeps it from being too sweet, being corny, so to speak, cheesy. However, after the, abysmal B-plot in this episode, they could have just left it at the sweet Bart-Lisa hug. But no, Robbie, you have to end on a joke, otherwise it's not The Simpsons. What's the joke, Matt? What is the joke in that, that coda? You're not cool if you think about happy things. Sappy things are not cool. All that happens is they have the lady that played Wheezy on the Jeffersons explain television endings to me, and then wrote a really terrible bit about the Beverly Hillbillies. And that is... Uh, this is also... This is me being charitable, is offensive on purpose? Like, I feel like they wrote that to mock, like, jokes from the Beverly Hillbillies, I'm guessing? I've never watched. I, I hated the Beverly Hillbillies. I, I grew up with real hillbillies. I don't need to watch a television show about it. I just looked out my window. Plenty of hillbillies. Got it. Um, I hated the Beverly Hillbillies. I don't know why this ending is here. It feels unnecessary. Like, just have the sweet ending, guys. Like, I'm begging you. You have an A-plot that all it needed was a little bit more time. Some development. And just let it B, get out of the way. You're like Bill Buckner. You're just letting balls right through. It's an unforced error. <laughs> I'm glad someone gives that Bill Buckner reference. I, probably eight other people laughed, chuckled along with you, Matt. Um, it's, I, I feel this. It's so frustrating, Matt. This episode is so frustrating to me. 
so frustrating. It's frustrating to everyone who knows what good comedy is. I like the A plot is so good. It's so good. It has such good foundation. There's it makes sense. Bart and Lisa feel like themselves. It captures that the the feeling of being a child and needing friends. It does so much right. And then the this episode the B plot is offensive, lazy, unfunny. And then uh, then this I can't I can't be remiss without mentioning just the terribly racist itchy and scratchy cartoon. Like Oh yeah. It might be the most racist thing the Simpsons have ever done. It's definitely up there. And like I don't I'm generally pretty forgiving of like I you know you judge things about when they were made in the context of the, the, the of the of the time they were made and guess what that is an extremely racist cartoon in 2004. It's too it's extremely racist now. It was extremely racist in 2004. Like I said, the joke they made about Krusty being racist was about a third as racist as that it's a scratchy cartoon. So I okay, who boy. I don't know what to do about this, Matt. This A-plot is great and brilliant and could have been a top. It could have been, probably would have been the highest, if this was just an A-plot, probably would have been the highest ranking post-Golden Years episode yet. It, it rivaled Mother Simpson. Mm-hmm. If it was just Bart and Lisa. If this was, if everything else was cut out of it, you cut out races itchy and scratchy, rival Mother, not Mother, what am I thinking of? Bart the Mother, not Mother Simpson. Bart the Mother. It rival Bart the mother, but like, what on earth are you thinking? What is this Homer panhandling, Captain Wacky? It's Captain Matt. This is what this is. This is Captain Wacky Homer mm-hmm. making fun of homeless people. Yeah, that's it. Ooh, it's like it's like a perfect storm of terrible. And Marge is unrecognizable. Invasion of the Body Snatchers. I don't know why... Someone has... There's some alien has infiltrated the Simpsons' house and replaced Marge. There's like some egg down in the basement that used to contain an alien. And it became Marge, and I don't know where actual Marge is. She's gone. You should see how much I'm gesturing, Matt. I'm gesturing a lot. There's a lot of gesturing. I I can... I can hear the strain in your muscles as you I am gesture. just, I am gesturing like crazy. So I don't know what, the, like, is this, what is this episode? That's the hard question is, is where is this episode going to go? Like, how, how do we balance the two? How do you, how do, I don't know how, like, what do I do about this? <sighs> Deep breaths, man. Deep breaths. That's what I need. Slow down. Calm down. My wife has probably heard me yelling for the past <laughs> hour. Probably thinks I'm a. I mean, she already knows I'm a lunatic, but she this just reaffirms in her mind how much of a lunatic I am. Um, I've been thinking about this all day, Matt. All day. I literally. I'm so sorry. I, I woke up at six a.m. The first thing I did was watch this episode with my first, with my cup of coffee. That's what I did. I watched The Simpsons. Did not have the desired effect. I every every time I, I'm like, oh, today will be the day. I'll start my day off well and I'll be happy. Nope, that didn't happen. Um, we'll rank it at the end of the show. Hey Matt, gotta ask, yes, you gotta ask me. You asked me a question about. Oh, I asked you a question. You asked me, Robbie. Is this episode broken? Yes. He asked rhetorically. No, you were right the first time with that quick fix idea. Let's see, quick fix, quick fix. Ah. It's Matt, and here there is something. There's a silver lining to this. There's a silver lining. Mm-hmm. This is the easiest fix this episode ever. Oh, 
Well, how about that? It's so easy. Because one, I 100%, it is broken. Like, even despite the fact that it has some really, really good stuff in it, absolutely broken. Oh, yeah. Not even, and nothing to do with the plot this time. Like, it's not, structurally, it's not, like, necessarily really broken. Like, every, all the plots resolve and, and stuff like that. But it's really, it, like, rip out B-plot. No B-plot. Gone. Goodbye. Say goodbye. Wave. Hello. Bye-bye. Shoot that out of a cannon. We're going to talk about that later, I guess. Um, just we'll, we'll get rid of the B-plot. Rip out that terrible itchy scratch cartoon. Rewrite it so it's not terribly racist. Um, and don't have Wheezy at your ending. Like, that's uh, really, yeah. those are the three things. You do those three things, and this episode's great. You give Bart and you end the, you pace this episode so that Bart and Lisa and Milhouse returns at the end of the second act. In, the second act ends with Bart and Lisa being best friends. In the third act, all six minutes of it has to contain Bart and Lisa losing their friendship, Bart having a, con- a crisis of conscience because Lisa is upset, having to have a a a, 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 da- a, fa- a father son talk because of that fact. And them re- reconciling about that fact in six minutes. When inst- instead, you could have just had that happen, you know, had the, like a few more scenes in there, space it out a little bit, let those scenes breathe. Men says this boom, 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 boom. And then, oh, easy at the end for no reason. Not funny, not purposeful. Like, nothing against Isabel Sanford, but I don't need Wheezy at the end of my sweet, happy ending. Like, read the room, guys. Like your Simpsons have, they it's like feels like I'm like they're like uh they're rationing the happiness to me. Like once a season, I get a real a genuine happy ending. I'm like, you know why you could do that so much in the older episodes is because you had more happiness. You had more family members just in being nice to each other at the end. At the end of the day, everyone was a family. They loved each other. They are the Simpsons. Hopefully, they love each other. And the golden years, Matt. In the golden years. They yes. ended with each other loving. I don't whatever Marge and Homer's relationship at the end of this episode, I don't know what to call it. It's not love. Marge literally yells at Homer for panhandling, but then tells him he also has to buy her jewelry. And you're like, okay, mm-hmm. what on earth is going on? Um, but that's it, that's the fix. It's easy. Get rid of the crap. Edit your show. My God. Write two drafts. <sighs> I didn't think I'd be yelling this much this episode, Matt. I figured you would. Okay, that's good. You know me better than I know myself. Mm-hmm. That's pretty accurate. Uh, but that, I mean, that's easy, right? That's it. That's all I gotta do. Yeah, it's fixed. Get rid of easy. The, get rid of that crap. It's it, like you and I easily identify. We watched this episode one time. You haven't seen it in a long, long time. Watch it immediately. You recognize. Oh, that stuff needs to go. They couldn't have done that before they made the show. Well, back then they had people who didn't really know what. Uh, that's not what needed to stay. <laughs> These, are, these people have worked on The Simpsons before. Okay. We can move on to our next segment. It's time for comments in the news group. Okay, here we are. Alt.nerd.obsessive. Comments in the news group is where I comb the nohomers.net forum and see what people thought of the episode right after it debuted, read some reviews. We get a, we get a, a, a feeling for how people thought about the episode back then, 2004. Guess what do they? What do you think they liked about this episode? Matt? You think they liked it? You think they loved it? I think they liked it. I think a lot of them will not realize how bad the B plot was because they don't realize how offensive it is. You're correct, Matt. You're right. Um, 
they they more than liked it. They loved it. Five out of five was majority. Forty, almost forty-two percent. Five out of five. Perfect. Great episode. And then additionally, another thirty-seven percent think it's a good episode. Four out of five. So combined, I don't got to do a lot of math there. It's seventy, almost eighty percent thought this was a good to great episode. And then additionally, a thirteen percent on top of that thought that was three three out of five. So that gives us. Over 90% of this episode of people thought this was uh, above average. Uh, it was average to great. And then very, very less than 10% thought this was poor or terrible for that matter. How about that? Yeah. And and I got I pulled some reviews. Uh, great episode. Should have ended on the hug. But the wheezy joke was, wasn't as bad as it could have been. So I guess we were lucky there. Overall, I liked both storylines. Homer's bum plot was wrapped nicely and it didn't overshadow the, overshadow the Bart and Lisa's story. <laughs> oh, uh-huh. Sim- Simply put, great story, great jokes, great character advancement, decent ending. In fact, the ending was the substance's only fault because I said it should have ended on the hug. Five out of five. I mean, they got they, they got their criticisms correct. They just still gave it way too high of a rating. Uh, next review, they finally did it. There wasn't a single misplaced penis gag to throw this one off. The directing was great. The plot was great. The pacing was excellent. Only issues I had were the predictable dialogue. And even then, a solid four out of five. Definitely next to the present were pearls for the best of the season. Uh, and I, find, I, I, I did, I had to look for a while on that, but I did find one that was pretty critical. Um, okay, this episode was well in a word, bad. They weren't able to figure out what the hell the episode was about. First, Milhouse moves away and Bart is sad. Then visits Milhouse and is jealous that he's suddenly cool. Then in the middle of the episode, the Bart-Lisa-Friends plot comes in and pretty much takes over. And then Milhouse finally comes back, totally half-assed way. I didn't even laugh out loud once. Sure, I had a few of those internal laughs, but you know. I love Isabel Sanford and all but WTF. Hopefully all that ending will be ripped out in syndication. <laughs> Funny. And why was Homer's panhandling subplot necessary? It actually felt tacked on the whole time. It sadly fit together a lot more than an actual plot. I'm going to give it a 2 out of 5 because it actually had some charming moments. Well, maybe 2, but yeah, 2 out of 5 sounds right. I mean, I I don't necessarily agree with all that, but yeah. Yeah. 2 out of 5, probably. Something like that. Yeah, it's hard to... I don't know. I don't, I don't subscribe personally to 5 out of 5. I don't like that at all. I don't like, I don't like Netflix's 5-star thing. Have they switched over just to thumbs up, thumbs down yet? I don't think I don't ever look at Netflix ratings, so I couldn't tell you. Fair enough. That's what that's reviews I got. Well, a lot of people loved it. They were like, "Oh, who cares? Homeless people aren't people." And Bart, Lisa, and Marge loves jewelry. I don't know. They got tricked. They got tricked. All right, Matt. We move on to our next segment. It's time for listener question of the week. Let's try one more number. Yellow. KBBL is gonna give me something stupid. Well, hot dog. We have a wiener. Yellow. Oh, that's your question of the week this week is what is your favorite Nelson quote? Tons of good answers. Matt, take it away. All right. We are going to start with Andy. The thing about Huckleberries is once you've had fresh, you'll never go back to canned. Very good. Very good. I'm sure that was a lot of people's. Uh, Alex, it, if you uh, tie a string around your finger real tight, it'll turn purple. Also uh, from Michael, I think he broke his leg. His leg. I said, ha ha. That is from the runaway winner of most answers was I said, ha ha. Yeah, honestly, that's that's just the best one. And that one kind of has to win. So you kind of have to pick your second or third favorites because eh, really, that's that, not my, that's it's not it's not my favorite. It's not my favorite. All right. All right. All right. All right. So uh, for Matthew, third grade teacher, young man, you're not in this class. What are you doing here? Laughing at jerks. 
also very fair Nelson. Fair. Uh, from Benjamin Martin, spring forth, burly protector, and save me. Nelson, aw, oh, jeez, I never hang out with him normally. Uh, from Holly, ha ha, I touched your heart from the end of the ha ha couple. Uh, from Alex, gotta nuke something. Which is very pop- true, otherwise this, this will just fall apart in very- their bunkers and you'll have wasted your money. <laughs> very popular this thing is sun, as well. Sun cost. Uh, from Mike, ha ha, fight lupus. It's from one of our recent episodes. Uh, from at yes, it's Aaron. I didn't think he was going to do Mood River, but then bam, second encore. As a close second, I am Iron Man. Do, 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 vote for me. Come on, mate. That's, also, you got to sing it. Come on. Uh, all right. I am <laughs> Iron Man. Do, 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 vote for me. This is much. There you go. Uh, here, here, wait, wait, okay. wait, wait, wait. There you go. Okay. Thank you. Thank you. All right. From at Walker Lewis, here's the grapes. And here's the wrath. Splat. Fantastic book report. Uh, from at Steve Larison, that's like asking the square root of a million. No one will ever know. Uh, from at Wastescats, uh, I may not have all the answers, but I do have all the answer keys. Which, uh, from uh, at Patrick Evans, uh, Andy Williams. Oh, we don't need to stop here. Yes, we do. Uh, going way back, uh, at low pain 501 you made me bleed my own blood. Uh, from at Evil Starlet, shoplifting is a victimless crime, like punching someone in the dark. That's a very good one. That's a, that's forgot about that. Very good. I, yeah, that, right. That one caught me by surprise. Uh, so uh, from at Hippie 200, Lisa, Nelson, that note Millhouse gave you, it wasn't from him. It was from me, Nelson. You, since when do you like me? No girls like me. Are you wearing a wire? Because <laughs> that's the kind of things they uh, they set you up for. Uh, from at Deviled Egg Salad, fantastic Twitter name. Uh, see, epidermis means your hair. Ah, done. So technically, it's true. That's what makes it so funny. Pardon me a moment. Ha ha. Oh, and from Wole Otanias, uh, Millhouse. Well, I'm never giving up, Nelson. Why not? Because searching forever is so much easier than me finding a new friend. I could be your new friend. What was that? Nothing. Shut up. <laughs> I don't know what that's from. It must be from a newer season, but that is fantastic and wonderful. What's your answer, Matt? I got to agree with Devil Dyke Salad. The epidermis means your hair. The just the pause to ha-ha at Bart as he fell is just moi. So Sh- Nelson. So dead kiss. on the nose. Chef's kiss. Um, My answer is, it's really you? Since when do you like me? No girls like me. <laughs> it's just, yeah, I, I get I, Nelson. I'm with you, buddy. I got it. Yeah, one hundred percent. No girls like me. That's not a. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You and I'm, me both, Nelson. I'm, I'm with you. Um, next week's question: What is your favorite Ralph quote? Oh no, favorite! Oh, I'm gonna have to go deep on this one. It's uh, uh, there's, I mean, everyone loves Ralph. Uh, that's true. I mean, how? I mean, you gotta. I mean, I want to go with I bet my Wookie, but it's just too obvious. You can do. I mean, you can do I bet my Wookie. There's nothing wrong with that. I bet my Wookie's a great quote. It's 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 timeless for a reason. I'm, we're gonna get like probably ten people answer it, and they're all gonna go. I don't care if it's the same. I think it's the best. And that's fine. 
I'll post this question on our Twitter. It's at Simpsons Show Pod. Uh, you can email us at Simpsons Show Pod at gmail.com. And you can find us on, uh, find the question on Patreon. I will post it, post it publicly. It's patreon.com slash The Simpsons Show. Next up, Matt, it is time for the No Google Trivia Challenge. I am too smart. I am too smart. S-M-R-T. I mean, S-M-A-R-R-T. The No Google Trivia Challenge, where Matt and I each challenge each other with three trivia questions. One easy, one medium, one hard, and try and stump the other. Matt has a... Oh, wait. We're tied, Matt. Uh, uh, uh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're tied. 24-24. Uh-huh. We're tied. You you, you were down a point last week, and then you came back. You answered. You got the ex- my, my heart question right, and it made me upset. Mm-hmm. Are you ready for an easy question? I'm ready. These are all from Lisa's first word. Ooh, okay. What is Maggie's first word? Isn't it daddy? You're correct. Okay. Just try to... Not a trick not question. Overthink it here. No trick questions. That's just simple. You're the yeah. reason I can't talk. That's his first word. <laughs> That's not... No, 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 no. I guess... Uh, dreams well, don't count? Okay. Yeah, dreams don't count. Okay. Uh, your questions are all from Maximum Overdrive. What is the name of the doorbell store Lisa and Marge go to? Senor Ding Dong? You are correct. I, I, maximum Overdrive is... I always think of it as the Max Power episode, but it's not the Max Power episode. It's the trucking episode. Mm-hmm. That's how I always get confused. Your medium question, Matt. How much money is Krusty going to lose because of the Soviet boycott of the Olympics? Okay. You personally stand to lose. No, I don't like this. <laughs> uh, numbers are hard. It's hard to remember numbers. Come on. You can do it. $14 million. It has a four in it. It is $44 million. Oh, that was what I was going to say, but I thought that was too much. Poo. Should have gone with your gut. Should have. Oh, anyway, all right. Your medium question. What is in the shipment that Homer and Bart deliver? Um, Is it illegal immigrants? Is that your final answer? Yes. I don't think that's... I think they use that as a joke somewhere in that episode okay. but that's i'm gonna give you one point because it's actually artichokes and migrant workers they don't say they're illegal but okay it's a medium question i'll give it to you okay. i'll give you one point oh uh, man Matt, i ain't I'm, i ain't gonna kick no pity points out of bed <laughs> they're they're right here all right your hard question Matt. this is a hard question uh what shirt is flanders wearing when they first meet him you see in this oh. episode um, the first meeting of Flanders, what shirt is he wearing? Uh, uh it's uh, uh Webster. Is that your final it, answer? It's Webster. I'm going with Webster. My final answer. I will give you a point. I'll return you with one point because it's actually I heart Webster. Oh, okay. Okay. Yeah, I, I knew it was some child TV thing. Which, and, okay, okay. I, I was afraid it was going to be like Punky Brewster or something. Where? I dispute the fact that Flanders would enjoy Webster. That's true. Webster involves too much back talk from a child. <laughs> That's a bad example for, I believe, whichever of the oldest children, Rod and or Todd, whichever one is alive at that point. Because there's only <laughs> one of them. I forget right. which one it is, but one of them is not alive yet. Which, okay. What's my hard question, Matt? Oh, I forgot. You haven't done your hard question. I haven't yet. Okay, so, uh, what is the name of the eating challenge that Homer takes on? Oh, okay. You could ask me, it's, okay, I know so much about this, but yet I, I don't, okay, I can't, it's red, it's against Red Barclay, I remember that, 
And I remember they had he has to eat, I believe, a sixty-four ounce steak that's the size of a boogie board. Um I wanna say that sixty-four is in the name of the challenge in some way, but I'm not positive about that. Like sixty-four something something something, but and Bart throws pieces of steak into his mouth and they just bounce out. But red red okay. Um I'm just re-talking through the episode. Uh yeah. Uh I'm going to just go, I'll say, uh, the 64-ounce sirloin challenge. Uh, I'm sorry, Robbie. Even back then, The Simpsons had to be funnier than that. Is the sirloin-a-lot challenge. Sirloin-a-lot! I should have known that. That's not... That's not too bad. Sirloin-a-lot. 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 I got sirloin in there. I got sirloin. There's that. Even though... Even though 64 ounces would be... More than just the sirloin, right? I'm pretty sure 64 ounces would be a significant portion of the cow. Right. Like, that's a, like a bisection. You're just basically... That's like, four pounds of meat. Yeah, that's a lot of... I mean, like, a cow. cows are big. Don't get me wrong. But that would be a significant... Okay. I, I mean, I guess that's not too much... Like, that's the thing. In actuality, four pounds of meat would not be that big. I think that's misleading, too. It, yeah, that's true, because it shrinks a lot when you cook it. But still, that's a lot of meat. Well, like, I've cooked a two-pound steak and then split it, you know, eat, and eat half of it or even a quarter of it. Just to be, like, you buy a big hunk of a big steak thick, like two-inch thick cut. So it'd be double, like, one of those. That's still not that – it's not the size of a boogie board. It's, like, the size of, like, a 12-inch cast iron, I guess, would, would if it's two-inch thick. I don't know. Now we're talking about steak sizes of an episode that we didn't watch. Uh, mostly because I don't want to talk about this. I don't want to do this next segment because it's going to confuse it's me. It's a tough one. It's going to bother me. But Matt and I are still tied. 26-26. Both got two points today. Both generous to each other because we each gave each other a point. Um, we can move on to our final segment. We segment win every single episode with it is time for best episode ever. Best episode ever. Best episode ever is the part show where we rank the episodes categorically as we watch them chronologically, eventually compiling a list of every episode ever. And how good they are. I don't know what this is. Like, it made me feel high highs, but it also made me feel really low lows. Mm-hmm. Like, the Bart and Lisa stuff is great. It's lovely. It's just beautiful and charming and sweet and funny. And then the Homer Marge stuff is character assassination. And it's offensive and it's lazy and it's dull and unfunny it is the worst of the simpsons what do i do with that how do i rank an episode can i just cut it in half I, we can't do that we're we, we are we we are solomon we cannot chop the baby in half we have to judge the baby as a whole that is again mixing metaphors but whatever um i would say the bart lisa stuff in this is like a b plus the marge homer stuff in that in this is an f you look at that average, gets us like to a D, like a middle high D, maybe. That and that to me is like right above. It's like in like the bad but not super bad episodes. I think. I think. 
I think that it's compounding this because it makes sense. Like, it's not like the Skull Years where they just literally just forget the story. They're like, throw it out the window. Who cares? We don't even write an ending. Like, there's an ending to this. And it's, like, sweet until they get to the weird wheezy stuff. But whatever. But I don't know. I don't know. Uh, out Here, Matt, I'm going to ask you a question. Is this better or worse than... Here, we're going to do the same question we did. Well, we, we... Magical History Tour. Last week's episode. Better or worse? Uh, ooh, um, I'm going to say it's better than that. Okay. Well, because as much as I hate the, the B-plot, it's better than... The average of the, the plots together is better than just a milquetoast, mediocre episode. Bland, Magical History Tour. All right, above that, how I spent my summer vacation. Rockstars. Uh, um, Rockstar Summer Camp with Homer. I'm going to say better, but it hurts me to do so. I, yeah, it, it's at a certain, like, at what point do you say, uh, the bad stuff in this is bad enough that it keeps it below? Because above yeah. how I spent my summer, summer vacation, the Bart wants what it wants. Hmm. Honestly, I'm, I'm looking even further up than all of these. I, I want to put it with, like, Old Man in the Key. Okay. Because... Large Marge is, of course, the Marge gets breast implant episode, and I I don't like that at all. Why are you messing up our spreadsheet, Matt? I'm I'm sorry. I, I how dare you? Uh, yeah. My dark reader extension is bad. <laughs> um, yeah. T- the, what, old man in the key. I will say that when I was watching the episode, I was not nearly as angry as I was discussing the episode. I was just like I was just very frustrated with the, every time it cut back to the B plot, and then I was very frustrated because the A plot just got didn't get enough time because of that terrible B plot. But you know when I'm talking about it, I just focus on how like how obnoxious it, that B plot is and how offensive that that itchy and scratchy cartoon Matt. Until you like, I looked at I like I didn't pro. I think my brain like kind of was trying to like save me. My brain was like trying to say no 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 don't think about this too much or your head might explode. It's early in the morning. You need your head for the rest of the day. And I kind of like segmented off that like, oh, yeah, this is really racist. Don't they know? Um, it just kind of like segmented it off. And then when you like you were like, oh, I don't know if this is racist. My whole brain was screaming. Oh, my God. You need to yell about this. Um, and that's really bad. And like, I don't know how you can like it's not like sexually assault your partner bad. Like <laughs> like a like, uh, like, uh, strong arms in the law. But it. It's not, it's not good. And I don't want to sugarcoat it because the A plot is good. Because the A plot is good. Um, Old Man in the Key. There's Mr. Spritz goes to Washington. Like, there's like, Tales from the Public Domain. Skinner's Sense of Snow. I'm going to say, I'm going to say this goes right above Tales from the Public Domain. That sounds good. I'm going to, that, I, I don't know. I feel like that's, that's what my gut is telling me to do. And I'm just going to follow it. Cause my brain doesn't know how to make sense of this. My brain is like, it's time to go to bed. You don't, don't process Simpsons now. You're insane. Um, but I feel like seeing as the snow and tales of the public domain, like there's the average of this weird abomination of an episode we watched makes sense there. Like it's not, the lowest of the low, but it's pretty low because the bad stuff is really bad and takes up way more time than you think it should. Like, why did they give so much? Like, I understand, like, giving a B plot. Oh, we need some time away from this. 
like the a plot is very like heartfelt and like about Bart and lisa getting her feelings hurt but why on earth do they think it needs like literally 10 minutes of this show devoted to homeless sad homeless people like it's just like oh and like not even talking about the fact like this propagating this terrible myth that like people were panhandling want are like oh yeah i'm making a great living begging for money like that's not like 99.9.9999% of people who are panhandling don't make enough they don't want to be there okay who i just need to say that again um so all right matt millhouse doesn't live here anymore. New number 268 on our list. New number 76 on our post-Golden Years ranking. Mm-hmm. But we have another question asked. Matt. And that is the very important question is, is this episode, do we need to shoot it out of the cannon? The cannon! The cannon! The cannon! The cannon! The cannon! Do we shoot Mel- the Melhouse doesn't live here anymore out of the cannon? This is the hard one because the Bart and Lisa plot is so good is it worth is it worth saving that to keep all that other like because we can't like we had our in our fix our fix this episode we we're like it's easy you cut out the b plot cut out the racist issue scratchy cut out the weird ending done but unfortunately reality doesn't work like that you can't alter this episode you can't just cut out this episode in the and you can't just shish kebab it you can't sushi chef it up it doesn't work like that i'm gonna say let's keep it because of how good that is and we'll just try and fall asleep or go do something else when <laughs> the b plot is on here i agree with you i think the a plot is is good and could have been great and i say we keep this episode because of that also we will use this episode when we look at our canonical episodes in like 15 years when both of us are old men and just ranting incoherently about how the spring, the Simpsons broke our brains, um, we can look at this episode and say, why is that canon? And we're like, oh, remember that great A, B plot, A plot and the terrible B plot? It's a, it teaches us a valuable lesson about history, about how sometimes things are complicated and good like p- things were created that were somehow both good and bad at the same time. It happens. You have to teach the full history of things. The good and the bad of them. The completeness of the picture. It's important. And this is a lesson to that. At least that's the lesson I'm going to try and take away from it. Because I do really like that A plot and the B plot is incredibly terrible. Um, so yes, it stays in the canon. The A, B plot, the A plot saves it. Bart and Lisa pull this one back from the brink. Now we're at the top of the list again, Matt. And, you know, all these are, like, most of these, yeah, we're still in, like, oh, these are no doubters. Of course, they're canonical. But it's hard to get more canonical than the next, our next episode, number 11 in our best episode ever list. It is Marge versus the Monorail. I mean, obviously, that has to be canon. Otherwise, there's no reason for so many shows with the the Monorail in the background. That's true. Like, just for the pure, obviously, it's a great episode. Funny, entertaining, but also, yeah, establishes Monorails as the background gag, uh, after this after this bit but still march from the monorail of course it's great of course it's great it is the model for how you do a big action set piece in the simpsons and yet they don't learn <laughs> they don't try they don't learn from it they do all the wrong things um but yet again that is where were we number 268 on the list is melos doesn't live here anymore um you can find this list at our website it's the simpsonshow.com has links to 
our Twitter, our RSS suite, and our Patreon if you want to help out the show. Give us some money. Support us. We appreciate you. Everyone who does and anyone who wants to, we'd love you to do it to, to help and get a bunch of bonus stuff alongside it. Um, this list is on there. Perfect. Because it's just mirrored from a spreadsheet. I'm going to keep bragging about that. Just keep bragging. Our next episode, Matt, is Smart and Smarter. Smart and Smarter. Wow. Why don't I remember any of these episodes? I remember this vaguely. This is the Maggie is Smarter Than Lisa episode. Oh, that's right. But then we get, I don't know. I remember this being entertaining, but I don't, I don't, I can't, I don't know if I can trust myself. So I don't know. Um, Simon Cowell's in it, but he's not playing Simon Cowell. He's playing a different, he's playing a caricature of himself, which is totally he's fine. That's, yeah, he's not, that's what I want out of the celebrities. I want them to make fun of themselves, not just be them with like a little bit more obnoxious. Um, but that's next week. You guys can watch along with us if you'd like. I think they'll do, do, uh, oof. That'll do it for us today. Oh, boy. Oh, I forgot to add. You know the name of that restaurant in the Itchy and Scratchy cartoon, Matt? You know what they call it? No. Mickey Mouse. Wow. There's any doubt about if it's a Chinese, supposed to be a Chinese restaurant or not. Mm-hmm. Mickey Mouse. Um, before we go, you can find me online on Twitter at Robbie Dorman. And check out my website. It's RobbieDorman.com. Includes links for all my other podcasts and a link to purchase my horror novels. My newest novel, War on Halloween, comes out today. Literally, now you are listening to it, you can go read it. All you have to do is go over to Amazon. They will sell that book to you. They'll let you buy it. Uh, it is a suspense horror story about a family fighting for Halloween in a town controlled by a sinister reverend with secret occult powers. Please go check it out. I'm very proud of it. Matt does not participate in social media. You will not find him. That's true, Robbie. You're forgetting the real most important members of society. That is the bees. The bees are everywhere. They're always watching. They have us humans driving them around the entire country in big trucks so they can pollinate. Yeah, sure. Sure they can. So, thankfully, the bees are my friends. I don't know about you guys, but the bees are my friends. So, if you need to get a message, just head out to your local beehive, translate it into dance form, and the message will get to me, and I'll send it back the same way. I'm Robbie. And I'm Matt. And keep watching this episode. Shh.